if it is in uh, the emphasis of the word, is on individuality, uh, God as a person. And so the language speaks of Jesus as being God as a person. Without the article, the emphasis is on quality, God as a kind of being. So John clearly asserts that the Logos uh, uh, possessed and eternally manifested the very nature of God. Let's turn over and look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 19 to understand uh, this declaration. Uh, that he was God. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. <clears throat> to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, and not imputing their transgress transgressions unto them, uh, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And so, uh, God was in Christ. Now look at Colossians 2 and verse 9. Colossians 2, 9. For in him, and the him there is speaking of Christ Jesus, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So who was Jesus? He was God. You remember last week we looked at the word theos or theol, uh, the Greek uh, term that's used and translated in our vernacular as being God. And uh, uh, we saw the eternity of him, we saw, and we're now looking at the personality of him. He is God. Uh, he's the us that we read in the Old Testament repeatedly. Let us make man in our own image. Uh, another time, the scripture says, God said to, to the uh, rest of the Godhead, he said, and God said, they become like one of us in knowing right from wrong when they ate of the tree. And uh, on and on in our study last week, we saw uh, the divinity of, of Jesus. And now we're looking at his personality. He was with God and he was God. And here... Uh, Colossians 2 and verse 9 makes it very clear. For in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In fact, John will get around in verse 18, the last verse in the prologue. He'll get around to explaining to us that no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth, he has declared him. <clears throat> So when you see God, when you see Jesus, you've seen God. When you perceive 
and have that perception that the Bible can instill in you of God, of Jesus, you're looking right square at God and how he dealt with every situation that man faces on this earth. That's why he's our example. And I think it's John 17, Jesus, John 14. Jesus knew that in his departure at Calvary that the apostles are going to be confused. He's already told them, John 14, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all the truth. And so he spoke there of their immaturity and the things that he would like to uh, uh, disclose unto them, but they weren't ready, they weren't able. And so as he's fixing to depart this earth by way of Calvary, he knows they're going to be confused because of their immaturity. Knows they're not going to understand. So in John 14, he began by saying, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. And he goes on in discussing things that would support them in that hour of trial when they see him crucified, and they're not going to understand why. Did he say he was going to be a king? Well, what's the deal here? He showed us power over everything, and here he's letting these people crucify him? What's going on here? They was confused. And so, in their confusion, one of the apostles asked the Lord, said, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be sufficient. In other words, before you leave, show us the Father. And Jesus, it seems in the text, got a little perplexed with them because of their immaturity. And that's easily done. Uh, many men's souls have been vexed because of immaturity in their family, in the church, in the government, everywhere. And the Lord said, Have I been with you so long, and you haven't seen the Father? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus was God incarnate. In fact, the angel announced in uh, <coughs> the gospel accounts of his uh, conception, his birth, the angel announced to Mary that his name would be called what? Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And then he said he will be unto man, what? Emmanuel, which means God with man. The angel interpreted it so that we wouldn't miss the point, so that Mary and that group there that heard that would not miss the point. He was God with man. And so this idea of God being uh, the great captain and Jesus under him being the lieutenant that follows his orders and the Holy Spirit being the first sergeant that follows the orders of, of Jesus, him being the, the lieutenant, that is fake, false. The Bible does not teach that anywhere. And certainly not here. Because the word... Came flat, or the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 2. Alright, so here he begins to talk about the Word and creation. I, I'm trying to give you an outline of what we're studying here. In the continuity, you can see the continuity of our study, and you can see the highlights, the points that he's making here about the, the logos. Let me say one word here. It's probably out of place, but I'm going to say it anyway. The culture that you and I have been raised in, however old you are, I'm 80, and I've been raised in this culture. And I understand it a little bit now that I've got old enough to see what's been going on. This culture has left us with this concept that we can't understand anything unless we read it in the book. Or unless somebody tells us about it. And of course those people that's pushing education, those people who make the trillions of dollars out of education, they highly push this idea that you're an idiot unless you go to school. I mean, what they're saying in essence is that God created idiots. And he didn't give them the mentality to even know to go to the bathroom. they got to go to school to learn all these things. You see the picture? Now, they don't come out and say that directly. But that is the implication in everything that they do. They leave you with the impression, oh, if little Johnny don't go to school... He's just bound for hell. Ain't no good for nothing. Can't make a living. Yet when you look into the things that we enjoy and as a result of our technology, we find out that most of that technology comes from what the society would call idiots. People that shouldn't have understood anything. And they're the ones that brought us the comforts of the automobile and a few other things. Education can't take credit, Butch. I asked Grandpa one time, Grandpa Howard, I said, how is it when he, because he was talking to us about living in that dirt-floored house, that sawed house back there. I said, how did you guys know how much wood to get? And he said, let me tell you something. You get cold one year, you won't get cold the next. He said, you're going to learn. He said, you don't need a school to teach you that. He said, when you run out of wood in March... He said, you'll get them up to get you through uh, the rest of the months, and you won't yeah. get cold. He said, so life will teach you. He said, you don't need a teacher to do that. Life yeah. will do it for you. But in many ways, our, our system, because it repudiates God, because it has no use for God, you put to test this fact. Everything they say and do has a reflection on God, and it's anti-God. It's opposed to God. Now, they don't come right out and tell you that. But that's the implication. And sad to say, that's where the denominational world is. Isn't it ironic that they can uh, seemingly preach Christ and yet they, they uh, slander him and uh, they speak against him? What do you think this, the phrase, the laughing Jesus, that was advertised for several years over here, uh, by a denomination that uh, has hundreds if not thousands to their membership. What do you think that done? The laughing Jesus. That's a slander, isn't it? Amen. And it's scripturally not scriptural, is it? Because Isaiah the 53rd chapter prophesied about him that what? He was a man of what? 
a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now him being the creator and seeing the mess that sin had made amongst us at our own invitation, I don't see him smiling about a whole bunch. Do you? I don't see him laughing. But that's how they advertised him. They slandered him. They put him out of joint with what he really was. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Alright, so uh, the word in creation, verse 2 and 3. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So he, John starts by the state, with a statement about his, uh, him and the relationship he had with creation. He said, the same was in the beginning with God. This statement affirms his antiquity. The ancient of days. Antiquity. And then John said all things came into being through him. Now this statement declares his uh, partnership with God in world activity. We've already discussed the oneness of God. We've already discussed how... God is a family name. It's not a personal name. It's only personal in regard to the family that they belong to. But there's three personalities called God. God is a family name. Like my last name is Howard. It's a family name. It speaks of more than just me. It speaks of all of us that have equality in the family of Howard's. All right, so this uh, statement, uh, he came into being through him, all things came into being through him, this statement declares his partnership with God in the world uh, of activity. It says all things, I want to start with that statement, all things, that relates to the universe, its elements and its systems of law. All things came into being through him, through this Logos. All the laws that govern the planets, the cosmos, as they function in harmony and unity with one another. Uh, you're not looking at a chaos, and even the idiots of the world, the people who hate God and speak against him, they will laugh at you if you even suggested that we live in a chaos. Because they'll tell you, man, can't you see the unity of how everything functions together for man's good? Of course, that's what we learn in the first few chapters of Genesis. That's why God created it for man. And everything works in harmony and unity. And so John just uh, makes known in his prologue 
And all things came into being through him, declaring his activity. And in that activity, uh, all things relates to the universe, its elements, and its systems of law. Uh, and then he says they came into being. And that statement there implies a crisis. Uh, uh, a transition from what was not to what is. A transition period. Uh, a crisis that came about. Because what wasn't now is. And he was the creator of it. And then it says that uh, he uses the statement through him in that verse. And uh, uh, look at Colossians 1.16. Now, I'll, I'll read these verses so you don't have to look them up unless you want to. But uh, all things came into being through him. Colossians 1.16. It says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones, or dominions, or principalities, or powers, or the United States, all things were created by... Oh, I, I lost myself there, didn't I? No, all things were created by him, including all the kingdoms of this world. There is nothing that outruns God. There's nothing that shocks God. There's nothing that controls God. This is his universe, not ours. We've been put here as guests. We have a definite purpose. And he created us in such a unique way that not two of us are alike. No two of us are alike. You can hear John Wayne's voice amongst all the millions of voices that you generally hear on the news and everywhere. And you can recognize who it is. You know exactly who it is because of his voice. Would you? Colossians 1 again? Colossians 1, verse 16. But I want you to take and circle the word by him. For by him were all things created, that is, in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. And then he emphasizes that statement again. He says, all things were created by him. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I see the word by very important there, so uh, I've circled it. I've put a circle on those uh, two bys there in that verse. Uh, and uh, verse 17 of Colossians 1, 6, uh, 1, Colossians 1, 17, get that right in a minute. It says, and he is before all things, declaring his eternity, and by him all things consist. And that speaks also in Hebrews 1, verse 2. In the beginning, uh, God... Uh, God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, 
and by whom he created this world. Now, I hope that maybe some of these things that we're studying this morning will elevate our, our uh, <coughs> projection of Jesus. He wasn't some second lieutenant. He was God himself. It was God that died at Calvary. And Paul will tell you about that as he addresses the elders at Ephesus in Acts 20, verse 28. Because he makes it very clear uh, who God is. He said, he said to those elders, Take heed unto yourself and unto the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you to be overseers. Feed the church of God, which God purchased with God's blood. And so, we should never be confused as to who Jesus is. He's the Logos, the Word. Uh, that was with God, was God. And by Him all things were made. Without Him was not anything made that is made. Oh, notice also as we was looking a minute ago at Colossians 1.16, it says in the last statement in that verse, all things were created by Him and for Him. Now I have the word for circled there too, but it's by him and for him. Who is this world created for? Don't ask the world that because they think the world was created specifically for them to have fun any way they want to have it and be exempt from any and uh, any uh, legal uh, problems or anything. And they indict God whenever bad things happen to them. What's the matter with this God? You know, who's he to interfere in my life? He caused us to drink and he caused us to wreck our cars out here on the highway. What's the matter with him? And without him was not anything made that was made, John says. All right, uh, The Word and Life, verse 4, 5, and 9. John says, in him was life, verse 4. John declares the Logos to be uh, dynamics behind creation, Genesis 2 and verse 7. One of you men want to read that? You got it? Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man become a living soul. All right. And John declares this Logos to be the dynamics behind uh, creation. Uh, the word life in this context denotes not merely conscious existence but the life of God as a principle eternal life expressing in human experience and so when Jesus came he expressed God in human experiences 
he showed us how we're to react because he's our example. And the older I get, the more I am prone. Every time I run into a problem or a difficulty, I look to Jesus. What did he do? What did he do? It would be good if the leadership of the church would, in their leadership, would look to Jesus, for example. Did Jesus have all these big old plans like we do sometimes? And Oh, we're going to make the church great and we're going to make it grow with human intelligence. No, it's the Word of God. Uh, it's quick and powerful and sharp and a two-edged sword. It isn't your expertise. It isn't your finance. Uh, uh, it isn't your polished uh, ability to finesse. speak and all of that. That isn't that at all. Had nothing to do with that. So John says, in him was life, uh, declaring the Logos to be the dynamics behind creation. Uh, and so again, this word life in this context denotes not merely conscious existence, but the life of God as a principle, eternal life, expressed in human experience. In other words, the Logos is its source and embodiment. The Logos, the Word of God, is the source of life. It's the embodiment of life. Man doesn't live very long without God, does he? Without his Word. Now the reason we have a history book is because it's a directory through the cemetery of nations that once were because nations went off to die and are dead simply because they didn't recognize life is with God, it isn't with man. Now it's true that there's some hellacious people that, enjoy, uh, that are living, they exist. But that's all they do is exist. God blesses them and they turn, uh, they turn his blessing into a curse every time. They ain't got enough mentality to see it. And God, God pleads with them he pleads with them. The churches that he established is around the world preaching to them, and they've done just like Germany. They went off into insanity and went massacring millions of Jews and had this concept of the superior race. That's a very good illustration of the stupidity of man and his rejection of the word of life. Life is from God. You remember... We read in Genesis, the first, second chapter last week, and God breathed in, we just read it a minute ago, God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and he become a living soul. And we talked about that. Isn't it strange that when a baby comes from the womb, there has to be that slap on the butt that the doctor gives him to get his breath? And when he does, it's a, new, it's a rude awakening. He goes, <laughs> and he goes into a state looking like he's in shock because he just took on the breath of life. And you and I have got to look on life that way. Life does not exist outside of God. Now, his mercy will allow you uh, to puke out your pukeness uh, for the years that you do, that he allows you. But you are a tree in his vineyard. And like the Lord said, when he's had enough of you and you're non-production, 
He'll have you removed and burnt. And we see men removed and burnt, don't we? There's one judgment I want to talk about that you all know about that astounds me. This pervert that had an island where he had this woman seducing 12, 13-year-old girls down there for sexual activity. They didn't know what they were walking into. They were seduced and taken advantage of. I can't recall where the passage is, but God said, I'll take care of those fornicators, those adulterers, those people who are wrapped up in sex. Somebody look that up, if you will. I just haven't got around to it yet. But God said, I'll take care of them. And did God take care of them? Yeah, and they don't even know how he was taken care of exactly, except somebody went to sleep that was supposed to be watching him in the prison. And somebody came into the prison and broke his neck and killed him. God sees to those people. You don't need to worry about those people getting away with anything because they're not. Just because they don't face a court immediately doesn't mean they got away with anything. You, The Bible's very clear about sin. You'll answer for it, either here and now or in eternity. But you ain't getting away with nothing. Our little boys, particularly our little boys, need to know that you can't go out here and rob a bank or shoot somebody to satisfy your own wishes and whims because God is in control of this world. This is his world. You ain't going to get away with it. Now, you may get away with it for a while, but God has designed a world where you're in the final analysis, you're not going to get away with it. Little boys need to know that. Just because you got a big gun and you got some helpers and a fast car doesn't mean you have the power to go rob banks. Revenge is the Lord's. Huh? Revenge is the Lord's. Yeah, He will repay. Absolutely. So in Him was life. And find life in uh, the earlier part of our study, but let me jump back in my notes and show you John's definition of life. Life so defined uh, by John possesses various elements, and here's what those elements are. First of all, and it's very natural, consciousness. 
For there is no knowledge without conscious existence. And further, it signifies contact. For one cannot apprehend these things with which one has neither direct or indirect contact. And number three, again, it involves continuity or duration because knowledge of God presupposes coexistence with him. And lastly, number four, uh, it assumes development since the knowledge of God must be a growing, not a static thing. And that's what's the matter with the church a lot of times. I'm not down on the church, but they do have problems. The Lord wrote seven letters to seven churches, uh, seven letters to seven churches in Revelation 1 through 3. And so the church does have problems, but its development uh, uh, is the knowledge of God must be a growing, not a static thing. I am learning. I'm 80. Three years old, and I'm still learning about my Creator. I'm still learning about His love. I still get excited looking into the depths of something that I'll never fully understand because of my human uh, inabilities. But it's a, it's not a static thing. That's why we come to Bible study, isn't it? It's because we're the ones that Jesus described that. Uh, possess the kingdom in Matthew 5. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Not just the fool that comes, sets his butt in the pew, and eats a cracker and drinks the juice. No, no. The overtones of the scripture is very clear. You either love God or there's no hope for you. There is no hope for those who do not love God. And if you love God, oh, you've taken of a fruit that's going to possess you the rest of your life. It's going to press you and push you to want to know, to want to see, to want to understand, to want to serve. S-E-R-V-E. Serve. You cannot lay dormant and static and claim to know God. Can't do it. Because that's not the way God is. Anyway, there's a so this eternal life that we're looking at here that John discusses in our text uh, this morning is man's full destiny and it is the objective of the teaching of the gospel of John because he told us remember John 20, 30 and 31 many other signs did Jesus Truly, did Jesus and the President's disciples not written in this book? But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. All right, and then he says here in verse 4, And the life was the light of men. The word light is used in a figurative sense referring to the clear manifestation of the righteousness of God. That's what the Word of God declares. Light illuminates the righteousness of God. It declares. 
all the way through the scriptures, light is opposed to darkness, naturally. Because we can understand that pretty good, can't we? That's why we got lights in here, so we can see. And that's why God sent us the logos, the light of the world, that we might see. If we're looking... So, uh, uh, this word light is a clear manifestation of the righteousness of God. Look at chapter 3, verse 19 of John. 3.19, start with. And this is the condemnation of the world. He's, Jesus is talking about the condemnation that's coming on the world, that is on the world. And this is the condemnation... The fact that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. And why did they like darkness? Because their deeds were evil. Hmm. You ever wondered why a tavern is dark? Well, one reason is that those would-be lovers or fornicators, uh, the woman or the man looks a lot better in, under darkness covers a multitude of ugliness, doesn't it? Well, now somebody laugh with me or I'm going <laughs> to feel like a fool. <laughs> and the more you drink, the more better looking they get, don't they? Until the next morning and you wait to see who's laying aside of you in your fornication and you want to puke. Because you're sober now and the light's on. So the light is a manifestation of what's hidden in the darkness. I'm sure we got that. See, the way I understand uh, my job or a teacher's job or a preacher's job is to make things clear enough that even a 10-year-old can understand them. If they can, I've been faithful to my uh, service in serving God and preaching His Word. So I think even the children understand that. All right, there in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 19, uh, let's look at 20 and 21 also. Chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. For everyone that dwelleth doeth evil uh, hateth the light. That's why they don't want to talk about the Scriptures. They don't want you talking about it. They'll tell you on these jobs, as I've heard many times, Oh, we, we don't discuss Scripture. That's uh, mm -mm. They don't like it because it speaks against their lifestyles. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, and neither cometh to the light. That's why they're not with us this morning. Lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, uh, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And so God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. 1 John 1, verse 5. Look at the 12th chapter of John, and verse 35, in regard uh, to uh, uh, this subject. John... Uh, 
And verse 35. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Did Jesus declare himself to be the light? Yeah, he did there. The light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. Bless our president, he don't have a clue where he's going. <laughs> the guy was created by God and would to God that we could teach him. But in his present state, he is an idiot. We all have a right to be an idiot, don't we, if we want to uh, follow that trail. That's where it leads to. Darkness. Leads darker and darker. Men think they're going to get away with all this stuff. They think it's going to last forever. What do they do when they get old? Well, I'm not picking on women, but let's just take women for you. What do they do when they start getting old? They start paying most of their husband's paycheck on something to take away the wrinkles. I don't know about you, but I'm proud of my wrinkles. I earned every one of them. Amen. <laughs> I earned mine. <laughs> so, so, but we deny the truth and the reality we're headed to the grave. Uh, one day, people will be putting us in the ground because they don't like the stink that comes from us. And and so verse, uh, so John goes ahead and he says, and the light shineth in darkness. Well, here the plot is introduced. The effect of the divine life is manifested in the world through the Logos, but the world is not ready readily receptive. Stop ready for him. They don't want him. They didn't receive him, did they? They fought against him ever on every circle. And look how they lied and played the hypocrite, kind of like our president. You remember when uh, Pilate presented Jesus and said, here's your king. And what was the Jews' response? We have no king but Caesar. They hated Caesar. They was hoping that this Messiah would manifest his powers in governmental ways, in political ways, and rid them of the Romans. Boy, did they lie. God was always their king. They, they bragged about that until opportunity arose that they needed to use uh, a lie, and they did. So the light shine in darkness. Now darkness denotes ignorance, guilt, misery, wickedness. That's what it denotes. And John says, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now the word comprehend is better translated apprehend or overcome. Uh, in fact, other translations uh, 
says it a little different. RSV says, has not overcome it. And the meaning is that darkness has no affinity for light. And if the one exists, the other must be displaced. They don't work together at all. And so the continual resistance of the light to darkness and the inability of darkness to triumph in spite of the utmost uh, that uh, hatred and unbelief can do is the chief theme of John. And then John says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man, was coming into the world. Well, if I'm seeing that clock right, our time, we're over time. I'm going to stop right there. We'll, uh, we'll begin there next week. But this is a methodical, analytical study of the Gospel of John. What's today? Second. 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 <laughs> you push the button, Merle, at the start of this study? Yeah. Huh? You push the button? Oh, no. 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 Oh,